Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, these final verses, verses 25 through 40 in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, Paul, once again, he leads us to what I would call a cultural confrontation. It's a little bit different. It's a, you go, well, what, what, what would be a cultural confrontation? And it was, it, it's basically a major situation of singleness, of singleness, right? And you go, well, what do you mean singleness? I mean, I'm not sure. Okay, well, what, what he's going to talk to us about those is those that are married or not married yet, okay? There are people in this room that go, man, I want to be married. I'm, where is she? Where's the one? Where's the girl? Where's the guy? I, I get that. So he's going to talk to you. The second, he's going to talk to maybe those that are widowed. Okay, you had a wife and, and she's passed on and you're sitting here going, I don't know what life has for me next. You're single in this room. You, he's also going to talk to those um, who really don't plan on getting married. Okay, you are super secure in your singleness and that's what you're going to do. You're like, this is it. This is my life. I'm okay with that. Okay, he's going to talk to you. Now, now listen, listen, church, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about marriage and sex, okay? And last week, we talked about marriage and divorce, and any time that I've taught on the subject of marriage, I can tell you, the single folks have given me that same old sigh, <sighs> right? I'm not married, so what does this have to do with me? And although I say in my teachings, if you long to be married someday, this applies to you, most, come on now, most of the single folks here tune out. They get real and start looking at their phone, and I'm talking about marriage, I'm not going to be married, I don't care about being married, and so they're looking at Facebook or something else. Well, today's different. Today, guys, um, Paul wants to talk to you. He wants to answer. But what I love about the word of God is that those of us who are married can super apply what he says to our lives. Super apply. You go, well, what were the questions asked? Well, maybe they were something like this, okay? Because we don't have the questions. But maybe somebody wrote Paul and he said, man, what about us singles? What about the widows? You know, because here's, here's the stigma of the church. There's a lot of people in the church, a lot of singles that feel that they can't be used by God. Because they've been married, they've been married before, they've been divorced, or they're widowed, and they're going, well, I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel, listen, I don't feel like I'm complete unless I'm married. How can I serve if I'm married? I'm not married. What? And so they might be asking that, and, oh, Pastor Ben, can I still serve if I'm not married? Can I still serve if I'm single? Can I still serve if I'm in college? Can I still, what can I do? And they're probably asking Paul these same questions. And so what Paul's going to do under the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, he's going to give us six reasons that singleness is a gift from God. Six reasons that singleness is a gift. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul's anti-marriage. Well, you need to stay single like me. I once was married. It was horrible. He's not saying that, okay? He's saying singleness is a gift. But he also says marriage is a gift. It's a gift. Celibacy, that's a gift. But being married is a gift too. And all my married folks go, amen. Amen. One person did, okay. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, in verse 24, remember what the Apostle Paul is teaching us. He says, but each of you, dear brothers and sisters, now he's talking to both of us, he should remain as what? As you were when God first called you. So you go, okay, well, when I really got saved, I was single. He says, well, just be single. Oh, I was, I was, man, when I got saved, I was married. Well, stay married. That's what he's saying. Well, my husband doesn't come to church. Stay married. Stay right where you are. Just, just, just love Jesus. Now, here's what you need to know. The Bible doesn't tell us if Paul was married or he's always been single. Most of people assume that he's always been single. But in his ordained advice comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, and it actually comes from his own personal experiences. You go, what do you mean? Well, here's what I want you to think about, okay? I want you to go, okay, because like, listen, if you're going to get advice from somebody, you want to get advice from somebody who's actually have the experience, okay? You're, you you want to work out, and you want to look buff, and you want to have the muscles, and you want to compete, you're going to get advice from somebody who actually looks that halfway that way, right? You're not, oh, yeah, you have that guy going, yeah, I've worked out before. You're going, oh, I don't think so. It doesn't show, man. <laughs> yeah. You want to go, hey, that dude looks pretty, yeah, hey, what, what do I need to do? It's the same thing. But you go, well, Ben, I'm not sure if Paul was married or if he was single. Remember, Paul was a member of, he was a Pharisee, but he was a member of the Jewish, the, the Jewish council called the Sanhedrin. Okay, it was a 70-member Jewish council. One of the requirements was that you had to be married to be part of the Jewish council. So people go, oh, well, then he was married. Now, here's speculation. Okay, it's just speculation that when Paul got saved in Acts chapter 9, when he got saved, that his wife said, I'm not into this Christianity, the way thing. And that speculation says that he, that she left him. And Paul's okay with that because remember he writes... He says, listen, if the unbeliever wants to depart, okay. Now, it's just speculation, okay? So you go, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, okay. So we can say that Paul is giving us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, good, solid advice. Now, keep this in mind, church, because we're heading in a different direction after today. Paul is dealing with five major issues in the church. We've already covered two, guys. The first two, the first one we covered were divisions. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of, I go to this church. I go to this denomination. I don't even like your pastor. He's not, he's horribly boring. That's, we've dealt with all of that, okay? And so he's talked about that. He says, man, Jesus is supreme, guys. He needs to be the one that we worship and only him. And then we talked Guys, in chapters 5 through 7, he addresses, guys, issues, problems related to sex, related to singleness, related to marriage. He says, let's talk about this. And he's addressing those issues. Starting in chapter 8, he's going to talk about food. But more likely than not, it's food related to idolatry. Idolatry. See, not only was in Corinth the temple of Aphrodite where there were a thousand prostitutes that came down into the city every night looking for love, if you will. Okay, looking for the bills to get paid. That's what they were doing. But now you have, you have Christians that are eating food that had been sacrificed to idols. And so you say, hey, baby, you want to go on a date Friday night? She says, oh, I'd love to. Well, where do you want to go? Well, let's go have a great dinner. Well, again, we'd sit down and go, man, was this? And, and so he's going to deal with all of that. 
all of that. And we're going to talk about idolatry. But today, today in the time that we have, guys, we're going to talk about our single saints, right? But of course, like I said, all of this applies to us. Now, remember where we left off last week. Paul addressed the question of marriage and divorce. And it seems like some of the members in the church were wanting to divorce their spouse because they were not saved. Okay? Some of the members came in and go, oh, I got saved today. And, and the husband goes, oh, right on, baby. That's cool. Do you want to get saved? No, nah, I'm, I'm really not feeling the salvation thing, man. It's good for you. Oh, well, and, and, and what she thought was, man, I need to divorce you because you're, you're keeping me down, man. I'm not be, I, I can't grow super spiritual because, and so they were going and saying, I need to divorce him. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. He says, no, let's, 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 let's talk about that. They thought in order to grow spiritually that they would have to depart from an unbelieving spouse. Paul answers the question and he says this in verse 10. Now to the married I commend, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried, stay single, or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. Now, there are two main key words that we talked about last week. You guys with me? The first word was context. We had to deal with this in the context of Scripture. Why is that important, church? Listen to me. I'm begging you, listen to me. Because this will keep you from a lot of false doctrine. And you go, why? Because if you take a verse out of context, you make it a pretext, and then you could make it say anything you want it to say. But context, you got to go, okay, who is Paul writing to? Who is Paul writing to? Why is he writing? What is the audience? What was the flavor? Read 20 verses up, 20 verses down. Think about this story, okay? Think about this story. It was the, um, it was the historian, the, the Irenaeus. Irenaeus thought, felt he should be consecrated to the Lord. You guys with me? And so what he did is he emasculated himself to be consecrated to the Lord based on what the word of God says. And at the end of his writing, he's like, you know, Here's what I've concluded. Not all scripture should be taken literally. You have to have context. And so he's saying, okay, so context is key. The other key is lordship. Is, is Jesus Lord? Is he the Lord of your life? Remember, we're dealing with that. Okay? The biggest, listen to me, the biggest problem in marriage, it's a lordship issue. If he submitted to Jesus as Lord and you're submitted to Jesus as Lord, then you simply want to please the Lord. Lordship has to be key in the context. Why? Because listen, according to Matthew's gospel, Jesus said it's always been God's desire that marriage be forever. And I say forever as long as you, until death do us part. Because you guys realize that we're not going to be married in heaven, which is really freaky. Because I've been with Natalie a long, long time, and I don't know how I'm going to act in heaven without her. Right? I don't know where anything is in my house, much less heaven. (laughs) You guys think it's funny, but I'll go looking for stuff, and it really bugs my wife. I'm opening drawers, I'm looking at stuff, and she's going... "Mm." Mm." Is it in... What are you looking for? I'm looking for the, oh, it's right here. If you'd have just told me. See, she, that's how she is. Uh, and I do, I, no, I don't do it sometimes just to bugger. I do not. I don't. 
But in heaven, she's going to be my sister. I still hope you know where stuff is. <laughs> and, and wives, as well as moms, they have eyes on the back of their head. Am I right? I remember one time she was in the living room. I went into the kitchen, and I was in the cabinet, and she yelled at me, quit getting into the candy. I was like, shit, no way. I don't know how she knew I was in the candy, but I'm telling you. Anyway, that's a whole, I digress. That's, that's not, yeah. So if there's trouble in, in marriage between believers, everybody say believers. Then the recourse, Paul says, is, is you need to spend, uh, should be a time of separation with the hope of confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation. That has to be key, guys. It's a lordship issue. Who's lord of your life? And I'll tell you why, because there's always somebody fighting for position. Either Jesus is lord of your life or you want to be lord. Oftentimes, we've got to do a heart check and see who's on the throne of our heart. Oh, Jesus on the throne of my heart. And sometimes Ben comes over and goes, now you. And so we talked about that. We talked all about this last week. Well, today, once again, Paul will answer the questions asked of him about those who are not married, those who are widowed, single folks in the church, all of these things. And Paul will address these questions. But here's what I want you to do. If you're taking notes, guys, I want to share with you, um, as part of our introduction, let me give you two important things that we need to grasp, two important things. Jot this down. Number one, everyone is called to to consecrate your life to God. Okay, so I don't want you to go, I'm tuning out. That's for singles. Every one of us should what? Should consecrate our life to God. And you go, Ben, what does consecrate mean? It simply means to set apart for a particular reason, to be set apart for a particular reason. So if you're married, can I get an amen? If you're single, okay, there's nobody. Divorced, widowed, widowed to and married again, you are called by God for his glory. We have been called as believers to, be, to, to set our lives apart to be used by God. It's not a matter of what state you are in, where you are. Amen? We all called to do that. We are called to consecrate our lives. You go, Ben, what's the second thing? Well, let me address the single saints. Let me address that. Okay, I know we have a few in here. It doesn't mean that you are footloose and fancy free to do whatever you want to do whenever you want. It does not mean someone who is searching for a mate waiting to get married. Oh, where? Where it is? I'm single. I'm just... It doesn't mean that. Here's what it means, okay? It means that you are a complete person, separate, distinct, with the ability to function alone. That's what it means, okay? It means you are able to function alone, stand alone, think alone, choose alone, go through it alone, and know God alone. Why? Guys, because for centuries, marriage has been lifted up, man. It's, it's just been that, that state of condition. Every man and woman, you have to be married. You just have to be married because you're just better married. I get it. Listen, I've been married a long time. I understand. It's, I mean, I couldn't do this life alone, but, but singleness is not a curse. Singleness is not that disease. You go, oh, I'm single. Get it off. It's not at all. It's, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift from God, guys. And if you see it as a gift... If you see it as that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift, you can see where God, through the word of God, teaches on the sanctity of marriage, but he also teaches on the sanctity of singleness. 
and it's okay. It's okay. Now, Paul does say something very interesting, doesn't he? He says, now listen, if you're single, and you, he says, man, it's better for you to marry than to burn with passion. Okay? But let me say this to you. Marriage, marriage doesn't solve lust. Only Jesus does. So if you're going, man, I just got to get married because I'm lusting all over the place and I'm looking and he's just, man, I'm just burning. Marriage doesn't solve that. Only repentance through Jesus solves that. I know you brothers know what I'm talking about. I know you brothers know what I'm talking about. So with that, let's jump into our study. 1 Corinthians 7.25, remember this is for all of us. Paul says, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord. Yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. Okay, let me read it to you in a different translation. He says, now regarding the question about women who are not married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted and I will share it with you. Okay, so what's Paul talking about? Well, the first thing he uses is the word wisdom. It's the Greek word here, parthenios, and it can refer to a young woman who's engaged to be married But based upon misguided notion of spirituality, some of the Corinthian believers were starting to advise the virgins within the community, don't get married. Don't get married. It's not going to work. And so you have young girls coming up in the church, and they're saying, don't get married. Now, here's what we need to understand. At times, the church is actually reversed. There are times when the young kids are getting up. How old are you? I'm 19. You need to get married. You need to hurry. Who's the one? Who's the one? You got a boyfriend? You got a boyfriend? You got one? And you got to go. And it's like, no, 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 guys. We need, to, we need to fall right in whatever God wants. Because there are folks in here that go, Ben, I am super happy being single. If God brought me a woman, that's cool. But I'm, this is my calling. This is my lot. I am super happy about being single. This is a messy church. This is a messy. This is what's going on, right? But here's what we need to understand. You ready? We must understand that being single means you're already married to Christ. And you need to look at your singleness through the lenses of the gospel. Don't look at it through the lenses of a man-made church. Don't look at it through the lenses of culture. Don't look at it lenses through your heritage. Well, brother, you know, look at your singleness through the lenses of the gospel. It's so funny because Robbie showed up this morning. He's super tired. He is, he's been traveling all over. If you follow him on Facebook or Instagram, he's all over El Paso. He shows up and he goes, I'm tired. Amen, Robbie. And so I asked him, I said, Robbie, do you, do you ever want to be married again? You know, he goes, um, I think I could do more single for the Lord. You see, Robbie is looking through singleness through the gospel, through the eyes of the gospel. Now, let me explain. Let me explain, okay? Because let me give you reason number one. You got to jot this down. This is Paul's reason, if you will, for Remaining single. You go, what is it? Number one, the present distress. The present distress and found in verses 26 and 27. Paul says, I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress. 
that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife, he asks? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? He says, don't seek to have a wife. Okay? So, you, if we looked at this and said, well, Paul is commanding us not to be married. Oh, well, I had a wife, now I don't have a wife, or whatever it might be. That's not a command. Remember, he says, this is not, this is not what God is commanding. He goes, I just think because of the present distress, you should stay single. It's okay. Why? Singleness is a gift from God. Can I get an amen? Now, let's break this down. There were persecutions and difficulties in the church, okay? And so what he says, man, listen, there's all kinds of stuff happening. And at this time, guys, Nero, had, he had already begun to oppress and persecute the church. All, at all events, it was evidence that the Christians at Corinth were subject to some trials which rendered the cares of the marriage life undesirable. So Paul says, listen, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of stuff happening. Nero's starting to do this. He's starting to persecute you. And listen, because of all the drama in the world, the present distress, he says, "Eh, I would just advise. I would advise that you stay single. It's okay. But Paul is also thinking that Jesus is going to come back real soon. And so he goes, because of this present distress, he says, man, with the shortness of life... We've, we've got to win the world for Christ. Okay, listen. This is what the gospel does to each one of us, okay? When we simply take the gospel at its surface form, we're saved. Positionally, we go, amen. But when we understand the gospel in its deepest roots, it changes our life. It transforms us. Why? Because we realize that we were here for more than just being saved. That God wants to use us. And it goes deep. And so you go, okay. And so we should have that same urgency today that Paul had back then. Jesus is coming soon. You get that, right? Now, I'm going to say something that I know some people may be listening by radio or or on the podcast might go, Ben, 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 Ben. That's been happening for years. Listen, the moment we pulled out of Syria, there was an invasion in Syria. And that doesn't mean anything to you unless you look at it in light of prophecy. If you look at it in light of prophecy, if you look at it in light of Ezekiel 38 and 39, this could be the beginning of the end. We could be going home soon. That makes me want to get married all the more. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I get it. I I was that way. Man. But Paul says, because of this present distress. You go, Ben, what's the second reason I should stay single? If I'm single and I want to be single or I'm not. Well, number two, guys, it's called, um, it's called problems or tribulations in the flesh. Problems or tribulations in the flesh. Well, what do you mean, Ben? Well, look at verse 28. He says, but even if you do marry, he says you haven't sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. Thank you, Paul. Everybody say thank you to Paul. Why? Because Paul doesn't consider marriage sinful, which I'm thankful for. Okay, but he does acknowledge, listen to me, that married couples will face difficulties. I didn't get an amen from the married couples. Yeah, (laughs) amen. No, it's true. Why? Think about this. When you put two sinners inside a home and say live together, 
Without the lordship of Jesus Christ, even with the lordship, I still have flesh. I get it. And Paul's going, listen, with time being short, you know, there's problems in the flesh. Why? Because, listen, you're going to come home from a long day at work. And you're going to get in the flesh and there's going to be trouble. He says, there's, there's problems in the flesh. There, there's difficult times. Well, and maybe not even to each other. Maybe even as a couple, as you walk through life together. In a real world, there's the prodigal kids, right? There's death that hurts. As a couple, you go through it together. Do you realize? Do you realize that when a couple loses a child, statistically, they are less likely to hang and stay together? And if you've done that, man, it's because of Jesus. You have to have that foundation. Anyway, that's, that's I, mean, I mean, one commentary I read said this. This is a reference to suffering and deprivations invariably associated with persecutions in the first century. Such tribulations would be far more severe upon the married than the unmarried, unquote. He said that. He said, if you're more married, they're going to look at you, and they're going to they're just go after you a little bit harder. So Paul says, hey, because of, the, because, you know, because of the problems in the flesh, but here's what we need to understand. If you want to be married, awesome. Awesome. But remember, being single is a gift, and for the time being, it keeps you from the present distresses, and it keeps you from the problems of the flesh. You're like, okay, I got that. What's the third one, Ben? Number three, jot this down. The passing of the world. The passing of the world. Verse 29. But Paul says, I say this, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should, should be as though they had none. And those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as they did not rejoice, but those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use the world as not misusing it. Why? For the form of this world is passing away. Now, what you need to understand is Paul's not saying, hey, now that you're married, Ben, you should act like you're not married. He's, he's using it metaphorically. You understand that, right? He, what, well, Ben, what is he saying? He says, I want to point out, friends, that time is of the essence, and there's no time to waste. He says, no, here's what I want you to do. If you're single, it's a gift, don't complicate your lives any more than you have to. Keep it simple. In marriage, right, grief, joy, whatever it might be, even in ordinary things, your daily routines of shopping and so on, deal sparingly as possible with those things the world thrusts at you because the world, as you see it, is passing away. Now, we should get a big amen for that because if you watch the news, our world is passing away. It's going away. I'm telling you right now, church, Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back, and, and Satan and his minions and his demons are going to do everything he can in these final hours. Well, Ben, I have a question. He may not come back for 20 years. 20 years is relatively short in the time that we have. It really is, guys. It really is. What should I do? What should I do, Ben? What should I do? You ready? You ready? Plan your life like Jesus isn't coming back for 100 years. 
okay? I got a sister over here that's going to have a baby here in, in December. Plan your life. Amen. Rejoice. Have fun. Go through all the teething and all that you're going to go through again. Amen. She, she loves babies. That's her baby. She's been, she's been praying for it. She's been praying for a long time. It's awesome. We rejoice with our sister. But live your life like Jesus is coming back today. Live your life like he's coming back. Have the mind of Christ. Be prepared to share the gospel in season, out of season. Don't get caught up in social media. Just, just live. Okay, Jesus, he's coming back. What do we do? My heart's ready. My heart's ready. Well, what do I do? I plan for college. I plan, you, you got girls, you got to pay for college. You gotta, I mean, we, we plan our lives, right? We don't just go sit there and go, okay, Jesus, come back. I'm not paying my bills ever, which would be super cool. But anyways, that's not us. But we live, we live like Jesus is coming back. Why, Ben? Because the world's fading away. The world's passing away. Now, again, let me give you, a, a, you know, an addendum to that uh, reason the world is passing away. There's three aspects to the world passing away. You go, what are they? Emotions. You know, this down emotions. You go, Ben, what do you mean? Because time is short and the world is passing away. Ready? Don't get caught up in the drama of life. Paul says, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Man, you know what I'm talking about. You have a choice when your wife is not feeling good. You have, you have a choice to fight, improve your right, or you have a choice to just simply say, I'm sorry, and, and, and just keep life simple. Yeah, Ben, but it's her fault. I, it probably isn't. Yeah, you know it isn't, (laughs) but the devil wants us to get caught up in drama at each other, doesn't he? Because we, it's really hard to witness to other folks when you're super angry and mad at your husband or your wife. I can't believe she did that. God bless you. You need to know Jesus. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. I know it's hard for my wife to witness to anybody when I'm knocked out on the floor, you know. <laughs> Number two, possessions. Possessions. That's, that's, that's another aspect. Why? The more we have, listen to me, the more you worry about. The more we have, the more we worry. Let me just say this. Less is more. Live with less. Give me your 50-inch TV, okay? Just saying. I'm kidding. We're going to take that off the tape. But no, you know what I'm saying. When you have all of this stuff, which, which is okay, but you worry about it. I got to get an alarm. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about He says, listen, in these last days, don't even worry about it. Just, man. Let me tell you this. Nobody's going to break in your house to steal your 19-inch black and white TV with rabbit ears. You know what I'm saying? Did you see what they have? They have a 19-inch black and white. Yeah, I had one in the 80s. I know I'm being silly, but you guys get the point. Be careful that we don't get too caught up in stuff that we're just, I mean, that's what our life is. I got stuff, I got stuff, I got stuff, I got stuff. Possessions. Number three, pleasures. 
Don't get caught up in worldly pleasures. Why? Because it's soon going to pass away. There's, there's, there are those that just that, that, that momentary pleasure is, is just for a moment. I know none of us in this room would trade our eternity with Jesus in heaven for a momentary pleasure. That lasts what? Well, Ben, my momentary pleasure is I had $20 million and I lived like a king for how long? 70 years? 70 years compared to eternity? Well, Ben, you can say that because you don't have 20 million. That's true. That's true. But I still wouldn't trade it. And neither would you. How precious, guys, is that time going to be when we, when we spend eternity with God? And Sister smiles, but, but here's the point. The point is, is that I want to know him now. I want to love him even more now. I don't want to wait to heaven to go, oh, I'm behind all the people. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the guy sitting in the back of the class because I didn't pay attention while I was here on earth. I want to be the one going, man, I love him. I lo oh, loving Jesus, abiding in him, guys, is going to give you just the peace and the assurance that you need. Because the world's passing away. Number four, Paul says, you know what's a good reason for being single? He says, the preoccupations with marriage, the preoccupations. You go, what do I mean? Look at verse 32. He says, but I want, I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he pleases the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he pleases his wife. There's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Boom, there it is, right? Single saints, listen to me, you don't have to worry about pleasing a spouse. That's what he's saying. Not that it's wrong, okay? Not that it's wrong. Paul says, I'm not putting a leash on you guys. I'm not, you know what? I'm, I'm not putting restrictions. He says, when you're married, you always want to seek. You, you, th this is what, dude, listen, men. This is what God put in you, inside of you. I've got to be the protector, the provider. When you get married, that's what you should do. I've got to provide. I've got to protect. This is, this is my calling. Women, they come in. God's put inside you. I need to be the nurturer. I need to make sure. And we're preoccupied with those things. That's what marriage does. Can I get an amen? It's not sinful. You understand that. But what Paul is saying is if you're here and singleness is a gift... Okay, what he's saying to you is he's going, listen, you can do more for Jesus. You don't have to worry, if you will, about, about a spouse. Case in point, if I say to Robbie, Robbie, you want to go on a mission trip? Robbie says, let me check. Yeah, I think I can do it. Who did he check with? He checked with his calendar. He knows his life. He, he's not preoccupied. If he had a wife... Rightfully so, he would say, I don't know, let me, let me talk to my wife, let me pray about it, let me see how she thinks, that sort of thing. But, but Robbie, you don't understand, God wants to use you. 
you speak great Spanish. Let's go to Mexico. Let's go, man. Yeah, but you don't understand. I still got to work. I can't just take off and, and listen. My wife's so in love with me, she doesn't want me to leave anywhere. I mean, I just, I don't know. And Paul's saying, guys, singleness is a gift. It's okay. There's preoccupations with marriage, and we go, amen. If you're married, that's what you should do, okay? What's your first big rock if you're married, Carrie? God. God is your first. You take care of That's first and foremost. Your second big rock is your wife, your husband. Your third big rock is your family, don't get, that, don't, don't get that mixed up because a lot of people go, oh, my husband, he's fine. I'm gonna, these are my kids. These are my babies. And, and you reverse it and your husband, anyway, you guys know the point, right? So we learned that yesterday at the men's conference. Listen, if you're single and you're happy, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. You don't, have a, you don't have to ask anyone if you can go on a mission trip. You don't have to ask anybody if you can clean the church. You don't have to ask anybody if you can stay at two services. You don't have to ask anybody if you can help the homeless or how much money you should actually give the Lord. You have a place to serve the Lord. And I want to say that sincerely. If you feel like, I'm, well, I'm widowed, I'm married, I'm divorced, I'm single, you can still serve Jesus. You can still have a place in leadership. Now, I know a lot of churches go, no, that's not us. You're a person, and if God is using you, redeemed you, and he bought you with his blood, man, you've got a place. Serve the Lord. Number five, number five, we see the promises of the Father, the promises of the Father. You go, what do you mean? Paul says, and he writes, but if any man thinks he's behaving improperly toward his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth, and it must, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He doesn't sin. Let them marry. Nevertheless, he stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power to, over, to own his will and has determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin does well. So then he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. And you're going, I'm not sure what Paul said. I'm not sure. I read that over and over and over. But listen to this. He's saying this. If a man has a woman friend whom he's loyal to but never intends to marry, having decided to serve God as single, and then somehow during that course he changes his mind, thinking, man, I need to marry her. Paul says, it's all right. It's okay. Go ahead and marry her. You guys see this? He's like, man, we're, we've been friends, and, and I was focused on being single. I know single's a gift. I'm married to Jesus, amen. But then he's like, well, she's, she's getting older. Maybe I think, I'll, yeah, I think maybe something's happening. I, I, I want to be married. Paul says, it's okay. You got that, right? It's okay. He says, it's no sin. And it's not even a step down from celibacy, as some say okay. He says, on the other hand, if a man is comfortable in his decision with single life, right, and his service to God, it's entirely his own conviction and not imposed on him by others. He ought to stick with it. That's okay. If he goes, now, you know what? I want to remain single. I'm going to serve. I'm married to Jesus. I want to, and, and nobody's 
Come on, you, you, you know. And, and here's what we do. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Ooh, is there a girl in mind? Hey, you know, you're 48. You're 86. You should have. That's what we do. We try to, because we, we think everybody should be married. But there are those in the body of Christ that go, dude, I am super happy. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. What we should do as a church is go, amen. But we should not ostracize the single folks. You should have them over. Hey, man, let's go. Let's go. Come and eat. Because sometimes they eat without you. But have them. You guys see what I'm saying? We, we just kind of go, well, here, let's have categories. Singles. Oh. And married. And the married. And here's what we do. Let's all the married get together and be married together. That's all the married people with all the children. Guys, we should, we're a family, man. Let's, let's, call, let's call the single, hey, come on over. Larry, come on over to eat, man. What are you doing? Don't, you don't need to be alone. Come on, man. Let's hang out. Let's fellowship. Now, there got to be boundaries because sometimes single folks, they'll just stay there all night. <laughs> oh, it's getting late. Oh, oh, I'm tired. And they're like this. They're lonely. They need, they need somebody. You, 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 are you guys hearing me? We need to be a family. And we don't want to categorize those that are single, those that are widows, those that are married, those that are not married, those that are planted. You may have somebody who's single goes, man, I just, I don't know where is she, Ben, where is she? I say, just keep praying. God will bring her to you. But what we do is we don't look as our singleness as a gift. We don't look at it like we're married to Christ. And so we're out where we shouldn't be looking for love in all the wrong places, right? That's what we're doing. That's not what God is doing. That's not what God wants to do. God says, no, 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 no. Well, you go, Ben, what, is, what, what, was the whole, what was the whole point of the promises of the Father? Paul is saying that if a woman is, is beyond her flower of youth and a virgin daughter is getting up in age, then the Father may arrange that marriage. He might come and say, I've got a daughter. She's very nice. She's very good looking. She's a little older. If you guys remember, right? Jacobo ran off to Haran with his uncle Laban. He fell in love with Rachel. <gasps> pitter, patter, pitter, patter, boom, 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 boom. But on the wedding night, who did he get? He got Leah because the father said, oh, you need to be married first. In our culture, the younger should not marry before. And Jacob's like, what did you do? You're such a deceiver. Really, Jacob? Really? So this was what Paul is saying. There's the, there's the promises of the father. I can't help but think of that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the dad looks at, at her, his daughter. He's like, you're getting old. You need to get married, right? And, and uh, that's kind of the same context. He's like, man, I got to do something. I got to do something. But it's okay to stay single. Last one, number six, the, perman the permanency, permanency of marriage. 1 Corinthians 739. A wife, notice, is bound to is bound by law as long as her husband lives. Everybody got that? Nathalie, did you underline that? You have to be home. But if her husband dies, never mind, sweetie, I'm good. We're, we're good. If her husband dies, right? She's at liberty to be married whom she wishes. Only in the Lord. 
but she is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment. And I also think I have the Spirit of God. Guys, what is he saying? He's saying marriage, there's a permanency in marriage. There's a permanency. If a wife is bound by law, that marriage is permanent in the eyes of the Lord. And he says, please take it serious. Please take it serious. Right? If a wife is bound by the law, as long as her husband lives. So as long as I'm alive, me and Natalie have to stay married. That's the law. But if the husband dies, now I need to be careful, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? The husband, if the wife, right? If the husband dies, man, reminds me of the woman. At, you remember the woman at the well? She had what? How many husbands? Five, right? And the one that she is that she's probably living with, five husbands, right? Could you imagine if if in that culture that her husbands died? Can you imagine? And so it's like you know. So there she is, and she's she's being investigated, right? She's being investigated by the cops, and they're saying, "Listen, it's kind of strange that you're living with this fellow, but you've had five husbands, and they all died." Could we talk to you? And she's like, sure. Well, tell me how your first husband died. Well, he died because he ate poisonous mushrooms. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. How, how about your second husband? Well, he was great too, but he died. Well, how did he die? He died because he ate poisonous mushrooms. What? Well, what about the third one? Same. He was a little taller, but he died of eating poisonous mushrooms. What about the fourth one? I hate to say it, but yeah, poisonous mushrooms. He died. Cops like this, are you serious? What about the fifth one? Please don't tell me poisonous mushrooms. She goes, oh, no. He died of blunt force trauma. Really? Yeah, he wouldn't eat the mushrooms. (laughs) It's just a joke. It's just a joke. What Paul wants to remind you is, listen, guys, if you're single, it's a gift from God. But remember, take it serious. Take your marriage serious, because once you get married, man, it's, it's, it's for life. Till death do us part. Okay, let's close. Let's close, guys. Singleness, I want you to jot this down. Singleness is a gift. It's a gift from God. To be single is, to, is, is such a beautiful gift. Being married is a gift. That's why God said it is not good for man to be alone. Okay? So marriage is a gift. Being single, widowed, divorced, let me say this to you. You are married to Jesus. Walk intentionally in what God has called you to do right now. Just walk intentionally in that. If you're married, walk intentionally in what God has called you to do. Time is short. Time is short. I heard a quote this weekend that I want you to jot down. I think it'll, I think it'll move you like it just impacted me, okay? Okay, this is for singles, but also to, listen. If you can't be content with God, who's perfect, you will never be content with a husband and wife who's imperfect. Wow. If you can't be content with God, who's just perfect in your relationship, guys, you'll never be content with an imperfect person. 
You can't make your husband or wife only what Jesus can be. And if you're super stoked, I'm like, man, I, man, I'm good with Jesus. I'm good with God. We are so, it's so awesome. And then he brings you somebody, you'll be content. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and the truth in your word. We love you. We thank you. We ask that you just bless our time. We thank you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.